1: a podcast all about women and the arts hosted by Stani and Sadie.
0: Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists
1: of the past. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is More Than a Muse podcast, and my name is Sadie. And I'm Stani, and welcome. I'm excited
0: to talk about this one because the Elvis movie has been everywhere.
1: Yes. Did you get the chance to watch it? I didn't.
0: I could not find a way to log into HBO Max, and Ah. I got lazy and didn't want to start a free trial.
1: That's totally fair. (laughs) I did finally watch the movie in preparation for Mm -hmm. this episode. I I don't know why it took me so long to watch it, but... Well, I will talk about why it took me so long to watch it. Anyways, but it was a good movie. I had issues with it,
0: but it yeah. was good. The major praise I've heard for it is that it like really brought a bunch of revival for a lot of his music back to the mm-hmm. forefront. Where people are like listening to it again. And of course we've
1: it's all good heard- music.
0: The yeah. song, what is it called? The like cover of Hound Dog now by
1: Doja Cat.
0: Yes, I love it, but it's called something else. What is it called? Vegas,
1: Vegas, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, like that's been everywhere and it it's is so good, iconic. I love that song so much. <laughs> Austin Butler did great, yes, I've heard that too. That Austin Butler was fantastic, but also I've heard that it wasn't extremely comprehensive, I guess would be the right
1: word. Yes, I agree. Which I get that it's like you're dealing with literally one of America's biggest icons. It's probably hard to, I don't know, properly summarize it all. But for me, like, I don't know. The way that the movie was paced was weird to me. Because, I mean, spoiler alert, he dies. And uh, almost like the leading up to that and like his mental struggle. I don't feel like that. His fall wasn't captured enough for me. Mm. That almost like I didn't really feel anything when it's... Like showed that he died. I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Also, I just have my issues with Elvis. And as you will hear later on in this episode (laughs) of why I have my issues with Elvis. And I just feel like they didn't really do a great job of, you know, dealing with that. And I I get it. Like, obviously, the movie was made to honor him and show just how much of an impact he had on American culture. And obviously, that cannot be denied. And he was an amazing entertainer. But I at least hoped that they would acknowledge the fact that he had many faults (laughs) better than they did. It was almost like, oh, and he cheated on his wife, but that's just because he loved you, the audience, so (laughs) much. At least that's kind of what I felt from that. And like, oh, yeah, like he had drug problems, but that was just because he was chasing the high that he felt from you, the audience, that he loved so much. And I was like, listen, this might be true. Well, it probably is true, but like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, we got to be a little critical. Like, he made yeah. a lot of bad choices here. I mean, he might have his reasons for it, but every bad person has the reasons why they do the bad things. Anyways. Exactly. And it doesn't always
0: excuse the things that are being done yes exactly yeah I agree I will say I am like truly shocked when I started doing this research like I figured Elvis probably wasn't like the greatest hero of the Mm -hmm. world you know like a guy in music (laughs) in the
1: rock and roll time (laughs) period and like I was
0: expecting to see some stuff But actually realizing like some of the major issues he had. Uh So I found this one article and I'll probably bring it up a little bit, but I'm sure you will when you talk about Priscilla. It was by Daily Mail and it's called The King's Troubling Obsession. Elvis could have had any women. So why was he only able to form relationships with virginal girls?
1: (laughs) Um, It was
0: by David, I think, Leaf is how you would say his name. And it was published in March of 2010. So quite a while ago. But it talked about, like, his relationship with his mother, his relationship with a young woman named Jackie Rowland, who I didn't brought up, but she was only 14. And then Priscilla, who was also extremely young. Other, like, really young fans that he had relations Mm -hmm. with. And just kind of what those relations were like. Like, his obsession with virginity. And (laughs) it was just all very odd. And then what shocked me even more is that I went down to the comments and there's people saying, poor Elvis, why are people so intent on destroying his reputation by revealing dubious, salacious information?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't believe
0: any of this story. Let this man rest in peace. I don't like this story about Elvis. He's not here to defend himself, so I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to take the word of the women who left him. It's <sighs> so sad that these hugely talented entertainers seem to have so many insecurities and demons buried deep inside them. Don't ever compare Elvis to that in the fifties. Times were different. Even well before that and in different cultures.
1: No, 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 no. Times were no, we've we've learned better. That's what times were different. <laughs> they're not that way anymore because we realized how How bad it was was. and even back then anyway
0: and then youngsters already knew who they were going to marry or were married at a very early age i was deeply offended by this story elvis was a man he had status and power and money and not to mention he was sexy as any man alive he just fancied women and young women he was hot-blooded and just wanted to feel loved and wanted that my Mm -hmm. friend is the truth Like, literally, comments upon comments upon comments. And it was just like, what
1: the heck? Like, have we learned nothing? (laughs) I mean, I guess like this was 12 years ago, but like, okay. Also, I don't know about the whole like, don't speak ill about the dead. It's like, why? I don't know. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion. And like, sure, you should be respectful of people. But the whole like, he's not here to defend himself. (laughs) Uh, i don't know i don't know i'm like no it's okay we can yeah. say he was an american icon and he changed music and you know what like maybe like he did amazing things for so many different things whatever i'm sure he had great shining moments as an individual but it's weird that he <laughs> it only liked weird. virginal women as oh a grown man and yeah like i said were there reasons for his Harmful behavior, yes. He did just want to be loved. Yes, he had a weird childhood. He had a weird relationship with his mom. Yeah. He like, I'm sure he was put under a lot of pressure. From the movie, I think that was like the main point was that like his management totally screwed him over, took advantage of him. Like, of course, that has negative effects on a human being. But like, no, we still get to point out the ways that he treated women and he did not treat them good. Agreed.
0: And it Grr. reminded me so much, you know, the new nine. We did um, an episode with her a while back, but she Mm -hmm. posted a recent TikTok talking about this book that she read. I'm going to see if I can find the cover. TikTok on desktop is not fun, pals.
1: No, it is absolutely not.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's called Why It's Okay to Enjoy the Work of Immoral Artists.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh I saw that video that she did. It was really interesting.
0: I'll have to post it when we post the episode.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it was, like, a really interesting – I can't remember everything she said in the TikTok, but that, like, it's okay to enjoy works of art and, like, music and everything by people who are really crappy. Yeah. <laughs> because art is okay for it to exist within outside of a person. It doesn't, like, morally harm you to, like, look at a piece mm-hmm. of art that was done by someone who is a scummy human being. You know, like, yeah. it's not affecting you personally
1: and especially when they've passed on it's like they're not even benefiting monetarily from it anymore like exactly they're they're dead (laughs) yeah
0: agreed so I think that that's a very good point that like it's okay to enjoy it like it's okay to look at Picasso's art in the museum and be like wow you know that's really moving but I think that like the difference is like whether or not they're still benefiting personally from it and whether or not you're contributing to Mm -hmm. their actions that they continue to have yes exactly anyway we kind of talked about that in our men we hate in our music episode but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel like elvis kind of belongs on that list yeah now
1: (laughs) i i mean like i said i love elvis music he has a great voice my favorite christmas song of all time is blue christmas by elvis it just it brings me joy it makes me happy but yeah i'm adding elvis to the men i hate in music and i don't know i don't know if that's a hot take at this point but sorry if you love Elvis <laughs>
0: but you know I know that there's a lot of people who really idolized him and I
1: yeah. mean to be fair he was super sexy um I guess <laughs> I mean first off Austin Butler I mean I know he got a lot of crap on TikTok but like that man is hot okay like he's just <laughs> so hot and also like at the end it like showed Elvis you know pictures videos of Elvis I was like yes Elvis was hot like he even was. you know now like that is a good-looking, sexy man. But He was a very, very attractive man. That's all. I mean, and very talented, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I'll give him that.
0: <laughs> well, I guess should we start off by talking about who Elvis was? Yes. Take oh. it away. I mean, hopefully all of you... No. No. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, you probably don't know a lot about him. Um, mm-hmm. If you do, there is that movie you can go and watch with Austin yeah. Butler. Although we did just say that there are some parts of it that you should take with a grain of salt. But I think it
1: does do a good job like telling where he came from. You know, That's it's... Good. I do like that it highlights the music a lot. Yeah, he does have
0: a credible amount of music. I actually looked up a playlist of. I keep getting distracted. I promise we'll get to Elvis, <laughs> but <laughs> I looked up a playlist of like Elvis covers because I was like trying to figure mm. out what songs he had sang, and like he's been covered by so many people. Like a Dolly yeah. Parton did a cover of "In the Ghetto." that's beautiful I also forgot that in the ghetto was an Elvis song and I kept thinking where have I heard this before and then I realized it's in a new girl episode where Jess is an Elvis impersonator at Nick's dad's funeral (laughs) (laughs) so literally he has gone into every corner of pop culture and music history he's there everywhere like you cannot avoid Elvis Elvis. Presley like can't help falling in love with you
1: How many times has that been covered? Yeah.
0: Literally by every artist probably Mm -hmm. ever. (laughs) But anyway, so Elvis is also known as the king of rock and roll. He was born on January 8th, 1935, and his full name is Elvis Aaron Presley. He is considered one of the most significant cultural figures of the 20th century, and I don't think that that is a wrong statement. No. um, Mm -mm. At all. He even, I think it was... Rolling Stone, they cited Elvis as the one who made rock and roll the international language of pop and called him an American music giant of the 20th century who single-handedly changed the course of music and culture in the mid-1950s. Yep. Which is pretty fair. Like, not only his music did that, but, like, his dancing, his clothing, his attitude, a lot of that became the embodiments of rock and roll and helped music change significantly from the 50s into the 60s and 70s -hmm. and on. Especially his, like, sexually- provocative performance style (laughs) Mm -hmm. which I mean is like nothing compared to what we see now but (laughs) I know yeah (laughs) but back then rocking your hips you know that was extremely controversial yeah we kind of talked about this in our sister Rosetta Tharp episode which I recommend going and listening to as well but his music career began because a producer named Stan Phillips really wanted to bring the sound of African-American music to a wider audience. And so mm-hmm. he went, oh, I want to bring African-American music to a wider audience. Let's get a white guy to sing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. It's sad that it worked. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like so much racism involved in that idea. Like why couldn't they have just promoted the African-American musicians that are already there? But,
1: but unfortunately, that was not the America.
0: No. For it. It was not so they brought together this backing band of musicians scotty moore bill black and other pioneers of rock billy as well as the drummer dj fontana and i think those are the main names but they were his backing band and he was the lead singer and he came out with his first single heartbreak hotel in january of 1956 and it was a number one hit in the united states and within only a year
1: RCA would sell 10 million Presley singles. That is so crazy. You know, one thing that the movie, I think, focused on a lot was, at least from my perspective, I feel like it did do a good job to highlight the fact that he was – just singing like you know music that black people were creating you know at least from my perspective if someone disagrees with me then that's totally fine but from my perspective I think that it really really tried to show like this is where he came from and that was the neighborhood he grew up in he grew up with that kind of music and like that's definitely what inspired him and the movie also kind of portrayed him as like maybe not like a champion of the civil rights I don't know if he was like an activist but was all for it you know what i mean um and like had very very personal relationships with bb king and there's a moment in the movie where he's like no bb king is the real king of rock and roll not me and i mean if that's true and that's like something he genuinely said i do think that's a good thing you know that he knows really what inspired him and like where his music came from but like i said Only if that's accurate. I don't know if it is. (laughs) I know. I I agree. It actually
0: does say in here, though, that he was considered really controversial and considered a threat to the moral well-being of the white American youth
1: because
0: Mm -hmm. he did carry the sound of like African-American music. And
1: that's what the movie really focused on is kind Mm -hmm. of like that outrage of it, which I didn't know that was a part of it. So that was, you know, interesting for me to learn
0: kind of funny too because he became such a major figure they decided to throw him into films too i actually haven't seen any of his movies have you seen an elvis movie no
1: i have not
0: i haven't either but he was in love me tender which came out in 1956 it's an american musical western film and then also he was in a bunch of movies in the late 1950s and early 60s jailhouse rock
1: which I mm-hmm. think is where the song comes from, right? I think that's kind of like what they use the movies almost like to promote his music as well. Okay.
0: Because mm-hmm. then he was also in Blue Hawaii, Viva Las yes. Vegas.
1: These are all titles of his music song. as well.
0: Yep. Something that's kind of crazy is that he actually got drafted into military service in 1958. Obviously, I'm sure he didn't really want to go, but he served in the United States Army from 1958 to 1960. And was one of the most well-known names in the world of entertainment when he left. So kind of crazy that he was in the The army.
1: The movie kind of portrayed it is that like they kind of purposely had him be drafted because first off, they didn't want the controversy of him being like a draft avoider, whatever the term is. And also like because he was such a controversial figure, that would almost like make him like a good American boy and give him favor in the public. Gotcha. If that's true. I mean, fair point. Yeah.
0: But man, it would have not worked out very well for them if he would have died. (laughs) (laughs) Or it was not a great place to send someone. (laughs) Anyways. But obviously, like, he was fine. He came back. And then after some of those movies that he recorded after, he did take a seven-year break from live performances and then returned in a special edition, like, comeback special on Mm -hmm. television. that it was known as just Elvis. But he came back in 1968 to the screen and then also had an extended Las Vegas concert residency and then toured very successfully for a very long time. Then he did a concert in Hawaii that was broadcasted across the world via satellite, which is where I assume a lot of his popularity from in Hawaii comes from. I know that he's mentioned a ton in Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> was, like probably one of my earliest introductions to Elvis. To Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, like you mentioned, he had a lot of prescription drug abuse. He also dealt with a lot of unhealthy eating habits, and his health declined very dramatically very quickly. There's pictures of him in his later years where he's almost unrecognizable. He gained a lot of weight. He was dealing with a lot of health issues. And so he passed away at only the age of 42, which is really very sad. Very young. It was in his home that I think is still standing today, Graceland, which is 13-acre estate in Memphis, Tennessee. hmm His daughter owns it now, I believe. Yeah. And he sold over 500 million records worldwide. He's the best-selling solo music artist of all time. Crazy. <laughs> and was very commercially successful in many genres, including pop, country, rhythm, and blues, adult, contemporary, and gospel. He won three Grammy Awards, received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award at age 36, and has been inducted into multiple music halls of fame, holding several oh. records, including certified gold and platinum albums, the most albums charted on the Billboard 200, the most number one albums by a solo artist on the UK album chart, and the most number one singles by any act on the UK singles chart. Wow. And then in 2018, he was post humia, how do you say that? After his death, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Wow. So I mean, we cannot deny Elvis made a huge contribution. I know. Like a dramatic and very influential. And of course, there's way more about his childhood, his early rise to fame, okay. and the rest of his career. If you want to look up more of it, you can.
1: On yeah. Your <laughs> Absolutely. But today... I mean, we've been recording for like twenty minutes now, but <laughs> the meat of this episode is the women behind Elvis. Yes. And I I wanna make this like ongoing series of like the women behind male icons. I've read Elvis's wife's priscilla presley her memoir elvis and me i read it years ago and i kind of looked up summaries of it in preparation for this episode patty boyd who was married to eric clapton and one of the beatles george harrison yes basically the women behind these men have amazing stories as well and a lot of them are artists some of them aren't but a lot of them are so like i said this is going to be an ongoing series so if you have any recommendations for you know male icons and you know any women that you're curious about this is something that I hope that we revisit a couple times a year
0: and one of the things I love about it is that like when you say the women behind someone it could be like the women who supported him who helped Mm -hmm. him get there the women who influenced him or the women that are like hidden behind him that we don't pay attention to you know it's like so multifaceted there's so many ways to look at it and there's so many women behind every single like icon
1: there mm-hmm. is so 100% well without any further ado finally the first person that I want to talk about is Big Mama Thornton which I like that the movie sorry I'm gonna keep referencing this movie for the rest That's of the episode okay I'm glad but I just watched it so I do feel like the movie does a good job at at least paying homage to Big Mama Thornton because I was reading an article that Rolling Stones put out I don't know if it said that Elvis probably hadn't met her actually or if it was that he hadn't necessarily ripped off her song. I'll I'll go into some information about it. But I did find this Rolling Stone article that was released kind of with this movie. They actually put out a podcast episode and they interviewed one of the songwriters of Hound Dog, which is cool. Mm. He's 89 years old. Wow. Um I know. And he tells the story about well first off the fact that he commented on the omission of the two songwriters from the Elvis movie and he said well I didn't expect anything so therefore I was not disappointed in that (laughs) regard and so in this episode actually he kind of told his story of Hound Dog he kind of explains like in his opinion The more like contemporary observers who are more convinced that Presley stole the song from Big Mama Thornton are maybe more misguided. For one thing, I guess, yes, Presley was aware of Thornton's version of the song. His rendition was directly inspired by another iteration of Hound Dog, which was by the group Freddie Bell and the Bell Boys. And Elvis actually did the music and lyrical alterations that that Freddie Bell group did. So it was like, yeah, like he kind of took it for Mama Thornton, but like actually it seems like a lot of people at that point had covered the song and he actually took inspiration from this other group, which I thought was interesting. Nothing against Mama Thornton, of course. And of course, you know, the whole topic is the fact that this amazing version by an amazing black woman singer is completely overshadowed by Elvis Presley. You know, like that's obviously the conversation to be had here. But it was really cool to at least hear the story from the songwriter's perspective. Something that I did think was funny, the songwriter said that he came to admire Presley's talents, but he was never all that fond of his take on Hound Dog. He said that it didn't have the groove that Big Mama's record had, which was fantastic. The... Songwriter was written by Stoller and neither Liber and Stoller nor Thornton really ever got much paid much for her version of the song and he definitely acknowledged that that was a tragedy along with the general lack of cultural recognition for her now i almost like mm. want to do a whole future episode on her we
0: need to yeah mm-hmm.
1: but he said that's true of not only big mama but of many black performers and songwriters and he said though that him and the other songwriter did on occasion send her some funds that they had received from the song which i yeah, think is cool good. yeah uh-huh and then also to kind of i guess from his opinion as far as like charges against Presley about, like, cultural appropriation, he said that they would be more appropriately leveled at Pat Boone, who did definitely take Little Richard's version of Tootie Fruity. And he said Pat Boone didn't really love the music. He was just trying to make a buck off of it. So mm. kind of suggesting that, you know, like, Elvis made this music because he genuinely loved it and, like, this was the music that inspired him. But if you look at other artists at the time, Pat Boone being one of them, he was absolutely just doing it to make money. Yeah. So,
0: So how did this work if two people wrote the song and then multiple people were covering it? Did like Mm -hmm. multiple people have the rights to perform it in different ways? Like,
1: I think so. I mean, copyright law must has changed a lot, you know, at this point, because you would think that they would be like millionaires from that song. And like, maybe they are. But also the fact that he said that they didn't see that much money from it, or at least from Thornton's version, which like at this point, I mean, obviously Elvis's version was the bigger one at the time, but I like you know Big Mama's version of it is at this point you know pretty widely recognizable so I'm not sure how it worked back then I could tell you all about how it works now but I mean that must have changed as far as like how covering songs work what I do know is it was really common for people to be like a songwriter by trade and like they would almost like get a salary and like work for a company and they would just like write songs write songs write songs all day and then other people like the company would like pitch them to the artist or pitch them to the record label and then artists would sing them now songwriters like maintain a cut I wonder if maybe they just like didn't maintain a cut they just like had more of like a steady living salary oh okay I'm truthfully not sure I might be talking out of my butt and none of that is true but no that's okay that's really interesting yeah I'm pretty sure that's like maybe how it worked but a brief summary of Big Mama Thornton So in 1939, when she was just 13, her mother actually died of tuberculosis and she had to leave school. So she really had barely attended any school and she had to find a job. And she ended up just cleaning a local tavern. And the story goes that the tavern singer got so drunk one night that he couldn't perform. So Thornton grabbed the opportunity, convinced the owner to let her sing instead, and that begun her career as a blues singer. A year later, she was working on a garbage truck when singer-entertainer and Diamond Teeth Mary, the half-sister of one of, I guess... Thornton's main influence is Bessie Smith heard the 14 year old singing as she passed by on the truck and she was so impressed that she ran after her to tell her of an upcoming audition to win a spot on Sammy Green's hot Harlem Review which what a name Um, (laughs) and then Thornton was soon traveling with the review all over the South singing dancing as well as well as playing harmonica and drums so like you know that's what the legend is is that she just overheard her singing and I think that's amazing so just at 14 she was able to audition and got a spot in this, you know, performing group. By 1948, she had left the review and was living in Houston, Texas, working as a nightclub singer with Louis Jordan's band. A trip to play the Apollo in New York actually earned her the nickname of Big Mama due to her big, booming voice and her size. She ended up being six feet tall. So she was, you know, tall, Big Mama Thornton. And that nickname obviously stuck for the rest of her career. It wasn't long after that she got offered a contract with Peacock Records and she recorded a Couple of singles, but none of them had become hits. It was during this time, though, that she first worked with the band leader Johnny Otis. And it was on this fateful day in 1952 that Otis was working with the now 25 year old trying to work on some new material that hopefully would finally give her a long deserved hit. And that was Liber and Stoller. Apparently, when they met her, they were so inspired that the song came almost straight away. Big Mama got up and she just blew everybody away. She was such a blues singer, which is what Liber told in an interview. And he said, We looked at each other and decided to take off immediately. And we jumped in Mike's car and headed for his house. And I'd say about maybe halfway to his house, I had already gotten about 50% of the lyrics to the song. And we landed and Mike went to the piano and I started yelling, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. And it all came together in about eight or 10 minutes. That's awesome. So what I love about that story is just the fact that this iconic song, it's not like they wrote it and then, you know, Big Mama Thornton happened to make the cut. Like they were so inspired by her and her performing that they jumped on it and they they wrote the song in eight to ten minutes and it's not like one of the most iconic songs in rock and roll so i know i'm obsessed with that story and like obviously you know big mama thornton was very successful her song like it did chart on the r&b charts so it wasn't like a complete nothing song you know but obviously it was not nearly as popular as elvis's version of the song yeah so Like you mentioned, too, Sister Rosetta Tharp is a major inspiration for Elvis. Go back and just listen to the whole episode because, yeah, there's a whole 45-minute, hour-long episode uh, where we dive a lot into her life. One of my favorite things about her is that she's listed as the
0: godmother of rock and roll yeah he's the king of rock and rolls i love that Mm -hmm. and then also i think elvis talked about how he saw her performing when he was a child and how inspirational it was to him so very great episode to go and check out about
1: her Mm -hmm. so now we're gonna go into his family gladys presley is his mother so i saw this quote briefly about his mother So while Priscilla was Elvis's wife and the only woman he married in his lifetime, it was his mother, Gladys Presley, who truly had his heart. So what happened is Elvis is technically a twin, but his twin brother was a stillborn. Mm. And so I think because of maybe this, you know, his mom really loved Elvis and they had a very, very close relationship. Like he was a huge mama's boy. Like they loved each other. According to... Eric Wolfson, who wrote a biography about Elvis from Elvis in Memphis... Gladys once said that when one twin died, the one that lived got all the strength of both. So in a sense, I think she saw Elvis as two sons rolled into one. So I think that's why they were very, very close. She actually ended up dying pretty early in his age. If the movie is correct, what happened is when Elvis went away to war, she was like so overcome with worry and sadness that he was gone that she did not do healthy habits and... She drank a lot, and then she ended up passing away um, from that. So, um, very sad... There is a kind of more a funny quote that their relationship was sweet to the point of sickly. Elvis and his mother had a secret language all of their own, which involved a number of pet names, both for each other and their favorite things. Elvis was known for talking and baby talk to his mother, a habit he continued for the rest of his life, according to one of his girlfriends, Linda Thompson.
0: Yes. so I actually read a huge interview by her. And Uh there was a ton in it about, like, his relationship with his mom and how, like, uncomfortable it made her. Oh. Um, Yeah. Because, like, he – they were just kind of gross, which is not something you, like, want in a boy and his mom. You know what I mean? It does not – It honestly, it sounds like it was an abusive relationship. But in like a emotionally stunting kind of way where like yes. she just smothered him and like controlled every aspect of his life. And like mm. one of the most shocking things, I didn't put it in her section because it was about his mom. But she was there when his mom died. And um, oh. he was like, come in. you Like you have to come in and see see her. Like come see her. She's in the music room. And Linda was like, I didn't want to see her like I had never seen a corpse before like I wasn't interested in visiting her but he was yeah like, oh, she loved you like you have to come see her and then they went in in the casket the top was glass oh and she talked about that she thought maybe it was because they were worried that Elvis would be touching his mom too much and that it would like mess her up because she'd already oh. been like embalmed and everything so they like covered it in glass so he could look at her but he wouldn't like touch her Yeah, and then he was like oh you have to see her feet oh you have to see this and then she said that he like sat there and talked to his mom as if she was there and like had linda talk to her like all in this baby talk
1: Mm. and everything
0: like he had this insane obsession (laughs) with his mother and i even read somewhere that like he was so distraught when she died that when they were burying her, he tried to throw himself into the grave after her.
1: Oh, I mean, that is so very sad, but you're right. Like, it, that, at a certain point, like, that's it's great that you <laughs> love your child, but, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like,
0: the epitome of, like, a toxic mom-and-son relationship, in my opinion. Like, his yes. mother just, like, smothered him too much, and he, like, relied on her too more,
1: too much, mm-hmm. and then
0: it just, like, became this infantilization between the two of them that wasn't healthy for either of them absolutely not
1: oh I'm glad that yeah you found that interview um (laughs) it was really weird actually (laughs) well continuing into the weird so his only wife was Priscilla Presley I think I read that even after his death Priscilla was like no like there's so much to love about him like she still had good things to say about him so you know what i'll respect that but elvis presley met his first and only wife in 1959 while he was serving in the military in germany he was 24 and she was 14 um anyways that is something i had beef with the movie because i was like you know they are making this meeting seem very romantic and she is a child also i don't know the older i get I mean, I'm 25, so I'm a year older. But to, like, you know, draw the same comparison. Looking at a 15-year-old boy. How? Like... How? <laughs> that's how? so weird. <laughs> how? How, 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 how? Like, now that oh, I am this age, gosh. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you should not be looking at someone 10 years younger than you and be like, yeah, that's that's what I want.
0: No, not at all.
1: Sure, was it a different time? But also, it wasn't because it got a lot of criticism. So it's like, yeah. it was a different time. I mean, no, people were kind of like eh, kind of weird about it
0: though they were they were super weird about it and I think like it's important to note that it's different than like a 90 year old dating like an 80 year old
1: yes of course well you're in the same stage life even like 20 and 30 like whatever you know that's fine when you're both consenting adults it's none of my business 14 and 24 I don't think so
0: No, like a 10 year age gap isn't really that crazy. But when you look at the fact that she was literally 14 and he had been an adult. (laughs) Yeah. For a very long time at this point, like six years. That's that's the part that makes it really gross. Like she was a freaking child.
1: Mm -hmm. She was actually nicknamed the child bride because she dated Elvis when she was in her early teens. They were kind of seen as Hollywood's it couple at the time. But then after Elvis' death, the criticism really began to emerge. I mean, the fact that she was nicknamed Child Bride, like that's... I
0: know. And they still made her like the it couple. They're like, oh yeah, the it couple, the Child, child Bride, bride. And old husband.
1: <laughs> like that's so oh. weird. <laughs> yes. So a lot of the things that I will be like reading from is actually excerpts from her memoir. So I'm not speculating. I am taking what she said. So I just want that to be very, very clear. They're like, I am taking exactly what she said. So in her memoir, Elvis and Me, she said that they did not have sex until they were married when she was 21. Which
0: is interesting because in the article I read, the one that I noted from Daily Mail, it did talk about how they did everything other than sex because he, he was so like convinced that she absolutely had to be a virgin when they got married
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm so he would
0: like they did everything Everything. except for that so it wasn't like he was like this like oh no i feel weird doing things like this No, no 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 he was just Mm -hmm. like obsessed with the idea of being married to a virgin
1: Yes. They got married in 1967 and they welcomed their first and only child, Lisa Marie, in 1968. In her memoir, Priscilla said that after the birth of Lisa Marie, their sex life became non existence As Elvis said, he could not sleep with someone who had a child and they separated (laughs) in 1972 and were divorced a year later. So after the daughter was born, they were only together for four more years and then I literally
0: cannot comprehend the phrase. He could not sleep with someone who had 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 a child Uh uh-huh it was your child that you put in her what do you
1: mean yep there's so much to unpack there I'm just gonna read excerpts from Elvis and me if you ever if you want to interrupt me by all means um also I would recommend this book I think I read it when I was like 19 and I loved it while describing a cleansing period in Elvis's life Priscilla claims that quote any sexual temptations were against everything he was striving for and he did not wish to betray me the girl waiting for him at home who was preparing to be his wife so to say like yeah he, she didn't marry him till she was 21 but like she was preparing to, you know like they
0: yeah
1: she knew she like was going to marry him
0: together like since uh, she was 14 they were pretty much like living
1: with one another I don't actually know because she was living with her parents at this certain time because her parents were like, if I'm remembering right, serving in the military. Mm. And so that's how they even like knew Elvis. According to her account, Elvis told Priscilla that they had to wait until they were married before having sex. He said, I'm not saying we can't do other things. It's just the actual encounter. I want to save it. Priscilla adds, fearful of not pleasing him or destroying my image as his little girl. I resigned myself to the long way instead of consummating our love in the usual way. He began teaching me other means of pleasing him. We had a strong connection, much of it sexual. The two of us created some exciting and wild times.
0: <laughs> other means of pleasing
1: him. Yeah, I don't know how mutual it was, but Mm -hmm. I have my suspicions. Conversely, she writes about Presley's double standard for his own behavior. His promiscuity with other women led to several confrontations. Priscilla said she was aware he had been dating Anita Wood, a girl from Memphis, when they first met in Germany, and that he had continued the relationship for nearly two years following his discharge from the army. When he asked Priscilla to move to Memphis, he told her the relationship with Wood was over, but she describes later finding a packet of love letters from Wood in the attic at Graceland however according to Elvis's own words he did not make love to Anita Wood the whole four years he was with her just to a point he said then I stopped it was difficult for her too but that's just how I feel so yes at a certain point when she was like 16 or 17 he asked her to come move and live in Graceland but at the same time he was touring all the time so it's not like he was there all the time so she really was just like the child bride waiting for him to come home yeah that's so weird Mm mm-hmm out of the many women that he was involved with, the one whom Priscilla felt that their relationship was most threatened by was the actress-singer Anne-Margaret, who co-starred with Elvis in the film Viva Las Vegas. In her book, Priscilla devotes four pages to the subject. There was a lot of publicity about a romance between Elvis and Anne-Margaret during the 1963 filming and in the following weeks when Elvis returned to record music and prepare for his next film. But despite his denials of an affair, Priscilla went to LA and stayed with him. Aware that Priscilla was there, Anne-Margaret took matters in her own hands and suddenly announced to the Los Angeles press that she was engaged to Elvis Presley. (laughs) (laughs) yeah the news was picked up by every major newspaper in america and elvis informed priscilla that he and colonel tom parker thought it best for her to go back to memphis till it all calms down outraged priscilla picked up a vase hurled it across the room screaming that Anne margaret should keep her ass in sweden where she belongs oh but also desperate to please him she went back to graceland the next day elvis returned two weeks later admitted to the affair and promised it was over of all the movie stars elvis worked with and margaret was the only one to attend his funeral fun fact mm-hmm. i thought that was interesting the next line of priscilla's book says that after the Anne margaret ordeal she soon suspected that there were other women so she began traveling with him but says she would still get crazed with worry she was afraid the moment she was away from him another woman would slip in priscilla relates how her insecurities with lead her to imitate the other woman's appearance by changing her clothes hairstyle and makeup to hopefully please him that is not a healthy relationship no it's and so she was like what 16 yeah i was gonna say she was like probably 17 18 oh my gosh Because mm-hmm. this is all before she was married if she forcefully challenged presley on her suspicions that he would threaten to send her home to her parents oh. so yeah She was a child. Yeah, she was a child. Um, (laughs) One such confrontation over Shelley Faber's, I don't know, that was another Presley film co-star, led to a screaming match where he told her to get out, bags packed, and the bags were packed, chauffeur was ready to take her to the airport, Elvis changed his mind at the last minute, and she willingly stayed. Elvis and Presley were married on May 1st, of 1967, in Las Vegas. She wrote that being called Mrs. Elvis Presley sounded better than a live in Lo- Lolita, which, I mean, oh if you're gosh. nicknamed after Lolita, I mean. <laughs> yeah, like, what the heck? Uh huh. Or Teen Heartthrob are the other labels given to her by press. After the wedding ceremony, Frank Sinatra's private jet flew them to their palm springs california home being the romantic that he was he carried his new bride across the threshold singing the hawaiian wedding song then carried her straight to the bedroom after a second wedding reception at graceland for friends and memphis locals elvis and priscilla went to his ranch near horn lake mississippi where they locked themselves away for several days of much needed needed privacy however the press and curate and and other fans lined defense on the property's perimeter and stood on the tops of cars to take photos. So <laughs> that's so awkward. Yes. So they planned on having children, but they had hoped to wait a while. But like I said, they had her child a year after they got married and she was yeah. not prepared for her pregnancy. Apparently, she considered an abortion in part because Elvis had made derogatory comments in the past about women using pregnancy as an excuse to let themselves go. Oh so feeling very insecure she dieted to the point that by the time she gave birth she weighed less than she had before <gasps> becoming pregnant
0: that is she was, so
1: scary that is so scary what is interesting is during priscilla's pregnancy she and elvis made love passionately until she began hearing rumors about elvis and nancy sinatra his co-star Ooh. in the film speedway i've like heard that like i don't know men are, like people can be super into their partners being pregnant because it's like a whole different woman you know what yeah. i mean which is weird because he had issues after she was pregnant but like while she was pregnant it was okay i That's don't know interesting
0: um like, i can't have sex with a woman who's had a child but while she's pregnant
1: it's fine
0: i don't know the rules <laughs> um
1: but when Priscilla confronted Elvis about the stories about Nancy Sinatra, he dismissed them out of hand, telling her sh- she was being overly sensitive due to her condition, which was pregnancy. <laughs> oh um gosh. Six months into her pregnancy, Nancy Sinatra actually telephoned Priscilla and said she wanted to give her a baby shower. Interesting. Priscilla was apprehensive about such a request, obviously, coming from a woman that she hardly knew, but Elvis convinced her to accept the offer. So she went along with it and she and Sinatra got along well together. Everything seemed fine until a week later when Elvis informed Priscilla that he needed time to think and wanted to trial separation yep devastated all she could say was you've got it just tell me when to leave she lived in agony for days just waiting for him to make up his mind but he changed his mind without ever saying a thing two months later their daughter lisa marie was born in memphis on february 1st of 1968 After years of personal unhappiness due to the state of his career, for a long time, his triumphant return to a live stage brought new vitality to their marriage. However, the renewed stardom with regular touring around the United States and appearances in Las Vegas meant he was away from his family more and renewed the problem of other women in his life. When Elvis suggested Priscilla cut back on her visits to see him, it only added to her anxieties. Things got worse when she returned to their Palm Springs home and found a number of letters from girls showing that they had obviously been in there this is a trigger warning for sexual assault so skip 30 seconds if you don't want to listen to it priscilla presley does admit that she had two affairs of her own and the up and down marriage was irreparably broken down by 1972 the last straw came when elvis possibly having heard of the second affair with her karate instructor mike stone uh he forced himself on her in his las vegas hotel room telling her this is how a real man makes love to a woman and then also during this time he considered a hitman to kill Mike Stone, but ultimately did not follow through. So oh that is the separation of then they got divorced. That's pretty much all that the book I mean, hold on. The book said a lot more about their marriage yeah. and their relationship. And honestly, just like after I read that book, I felt sick. I felt so much love for this woman because like she just was groomed. Like, this is what grooming is, yeah. you know? From 100%. 14, she was just made and taught how to please him and how to like give him what he wanted that like she could not imagine a world without him and was almost like at his, his whim, right? Like, when mm-hmm. he's like, oh, we're separating, we're leaving. And it was just like, Oh, she was just waiting for him to make up his mind. And there was just so many bizarre patterns. Like he said, like he wouldn't have sex with her. I mean, I think that's like once he had her and she was his wife and he, you know, took her virginity. Like... I don't know it, he was yeah. done with her it's so gross what I thought was interesting is another book I, I don't know if it came out or if it was attempted to come out against Priscilla after she put out her memoir because obviously like this memoir caused a bit of controversy because she was like oh, exposing sure. him rightfully but the memoir described her as like promiscuous and like being very promiscuous as a teenager and that like her family planned this all so that she could be famous too and like blah 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 but she actually sued the author for like defamation and they won. So, anyways, it just it breaks my heart all that she went through. I would 100% recommend her book, Elvis and Me, because you read a lot about her, of course, and her life after, but I do know that she still like wished him well. They maintained a relationship on and off until he, you know, passed away to some degree. But anyways, that book is the reason
0: why I hate Elvis. Yeah. I know in the article from Daily Mail too, they also mentioned the fact that he would give her amphetamines to stay up all night long so that they could like do stuff even though she had to go to school the next day because she was still in school.
1: There was (laughs) so much stuff that was bad and wrong.
0: And then also like he... The giant beehive hairdo and the heavy eye makeup was the look that, like, he kind of he made liked. her have. Yes. And it was because it was, like, heavily inspired by how his mother looked when she was a teenager. <gasps> yes, I remember that.
1: I remember yes.
0: that. So, um, it was
1: not a not good, good relationship. No, 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 no.
0: Not at all. And just to prove that, now we get to talk about all of the women that he dated as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, some of woo-hoo. them before and
0: after and some of them during.
1: Yes. We're gonna take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. Have you
0: seen any previews or anything for the Netflix film Moxie? No, I haven't. Okay, well, I've got a shout out one of our previous episodes. If you haven't listened to our Riot Girl episode, <gasps>
1: oh, do it. Oh
0: yeah. And then go watch this movie. It is so cute and charming and so fun I literally watched it tonight it's about a girl in her high school and a lot of like sexism and misogyny is going on and then she finds a bunch of her mother's riot girl zines and like photos and bikini kill posters and everything in her closet
1: oh I love that
0: Yes, and she gets inspired, and she starts this zine for her school called Moxie and leaves it in the girls' restroom as an anonymous zine, and it gets, like, really popular, and she, like, starts this, like, feminist club on her campus and, like, helps all these girls, like, come together and, like, stand up for what they believe in. It's so cute. Oh, and that is excellent. It's directed by Amy Poehler. Okay, Okay. Who we adore, and she actually stars in it as the mom
1: which oh. I really, really
0: loved. So Moxie. it was just so sweet. Yeah, Moxie. It's a comedy drama film directed by Amy Poehler. It has a bunch of, like, teenage stars in it. I think it's really cute if you wanted to watch it with, like, your junior high, high school-aged girls. Okay. Yeah, it does talk about, like, rape and, like, sexual harassment and stuff like that. So it's definitely for, like, older girls, but it is PG-13. So Okay, definitely for teenagers oh and it was like, like released just, just a year ago yeah it came out in 2021 but it's mm. literally like the cutest thing like you'll love it there were moments that i was just like yeah like a riot <laughs> girl inspiring new generations you know like, it was just
1: so cute and so good so, i love it okay yeah. cool that's amazing um okay well now i feel like i should do some type of spotlight i talked about it on last week's episode wait or a couple weeks episode or 100 episode which We love that. But the Shania Twain documentary on Netflix is really freaking good. And if you haven't watched that yet, like that was so inspiring. It like took me way too long to watch it. Like I don't know why I didn't watch it immediately when it came out. But as you were talking about Elvis, like made me think because I think she – is still, like, the best-selling, like, female solo act of all time. I, I didn't that. realize that Shania Twain was, like, that big. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Elvis is, like, the one thing standing in her way. I'm like, Shania Twain, you're still yes. alive. Let's get to work. We got to beat him. Anyways, For it was real. really amazing and inspiring. Oh, my gosh. I love
0: Shania Twain. I remember, like, listening to so much Shania Twain growing mm-hmm. up. We like, her Up
1: album. To- yes. Yeah. We now I'm like, do a full oh, Shania Twain episode. that's, like, an icon episode that yeah. we need to go back and do like one
0: of our like living legends like lasting yes. legacy
1: episodes for sure yeah see we have a lot of series this is a we have our <laughs> lasting legacy yeah living legends I guess and now we have our yes. new men behind or women behind the men anyways yeah, the women behind
0: men so fun anyways cool. so there you go things okay. to watch instead of Elvis <laughs> yes alright now back to the show so One of his main girlfriends, I think you mentioned her name, was Anita Wood. Um, Mm -hmm. There's actually a bunch of stuff about her. I found like this long interview on Elvis.com. It's an Australian website that's like the official Elvis Presley fan club. But they did this long interview with Anita Wood talking about her relationship with Elvis. And it was kind of annoying because they kept asking her the same questions over and over again. And I could tell she was getting irritated because in her responses, she was like, well, I've kind of already told you this or I've kind of already said everything. But they would be like, tell us about Elvis's humor. Now tell us about this. Like, was he a good Mm. kisser? Like it was all this stuff just over and over again about him, which I think is a little irritating. But I guess it is an Elvis fan club website. So anyway, she was born Anita Marie Wood Brewer in 1937. Her nickname that Elvis gave her was Little. And it's kind of a popular name. So he called her Little throughout all of their relationship. And then also, little bitty was another nickname for her. I don't know if that was specifically from him or another Maybe one. It was from just a,
1: people yeah. in general. But she
0: ended up marrying an NFL football player named Johnny Brewer later in her life, oh, <laughs> after cool. her relationship with Elvis. So I think it worked out well for her, which is good. They met in 1957 because she was on a top ten dance party on radio television in Memphis. It was like this dance show that they had every Saturday, and teenagers would come and dance, and she was the one who introduced the songs. It reminds me a lot of, like, Hairspray. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. But Elvis was a huge fan of the show. One Saturday after the show, he had his friend Lamar Fike call her on the phone and ask if she wanted to go on a date with him that night. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I already have a date with Jimmy Omar, so I can't go. And he like freaked out on her like Fike did. He was like, you won't break a date to go on with Elvis Presley. Are you crazy? Like he just got so mad at her. And she was like, well, I don't believe Elvis would like it if I did that to him, if I had a date with him and I broke up for someone else. So I'm sorry, I can't do it. I already have plans.
1: Oh, Um, my goodness.
0: Yeah. So he got really angry. He hung up the phone, and she thought she'd never hear from him again. And she actually admitted that she wasn't, like, a huge Elvis fan at the time because she (laughs) didn't know his stuff very well or anything. But later, he did call again, and she didn't have anything going on, so she was able to go. That same year, Elvis referred to her publicly as his number one girl. Mm -hmm. And they did date for quite a while. They dated from 1957 to 1962. Yeah, wow. This part kind of makes me sad. She did get a contract to work as an actress for Paramount Pictures. In her interview, she said, well, I won a Hollywood star hunt contest, you know, and I was supposed to go make a movie in California. And I did go to California when Elvis was out there. And then Elvis came home first and the picture was getting ready to go into production. And Elvis called me on the phone and said, Little, I miss you. I want you to come home. And I just said, Okay. I gave up the picture and everything and I went (gasps) home and he met me at the airport. Yeah, (laughs) I just gave it all up. It didn't really mean a lot to me. You know, my parents had always wanted me to be an entertainer because God had given me a voice, and I did sing, and I liked to act. I enjoyed that type of thing, but really and truly, I just wanted to get married and have children and be a normal person. Well, with all of us, you could never be normal. I found that out right away pretty soon, and it was the furthest thing from being normal with him, but I didn't really care about those things. So when he (gasps) wanted me to come home, I came home. I just gave it up.
1: And he – oh. my
0: gosh yeah left her (laughs) i know she was like really really certain that they were gonna get married while he was in the army he sent her letters he told her not to show them to anyone so i don't know what was in them but like he was very secretive about the letters he sent her Mm -hmm. she actually did find out about priscilla while he was overseas but he kept telling her Priscilla is just a child. She's only 14. Oh, so he, he knew that. Okay. Well, yes. that's good.
1: It's good that he knew that she was a child.
0: <laughs> he was aware that she was a child oh. because he said it over and over again. Oh, okay. So let's talk. Uh, she found a letter while she was in California, one of the times where she went out to visit him, and it was pressed into a book in the library outside of his bedroom. And in the letter, it said, please call my dad. I want to come over. And if you call my dad, I know he will let me come. He will listen to you. I miss you. And it was hmm. from Priscilla.
1: Mm -hmm. And so he
0: came into the house and she said, what is this letter? Who is this? This Priscilla? You said she was just a child. And he got so mad because I found the letter. He took me and he shoved me up against a closet. He was so mad at me, just livid, because I had found a letter. (gasps) And I will say, moving forward, there is trigger warnings to all of this probably for like for multiple of his partners, for physical abuse as well. Ah. He had a temper. And there were times with all of them where I think it lists that he got physically abusive. Anyway, she was mad about how he reacted, and so she got on an airplane, went back to Memphis, went straight to Graceland, and then walked in the door, and the phone was ringing, and it was Elvis. She didn't want to talk to him, but he kept calling, and so she answered the phone, and he said, little, please don't tell anybody about this. This girl, again, she's just a child. She's a 14-year-old child. It means absolutely nothing. She just wants to visit. It means nothing. And if you tell anyone, I'll get in a lot of trouble. She's just so young. He knew. Oh. So he just begged her on the phone. He said, little, 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 like, please don't. And so she said, I won't tell anybody. And I never did. I never did tell anyone. Oh, my gosh. And then it kind of goes on about, like, He dumped her, obviously. She didn't talk a ton about that. And then she said she got married in 1964, but Elvis had already been married by that time and had his daughter, Lisa Marie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) This part, this has got to be like the biggest slap in the face from an ex I feel like you can have. She said, when Elvis and I were dating and talking about having a family, guess what? Our little girl was going to be named Elisa Marie.
1: <gasps> no. Yeah.
0: She said, guess what my middle name is? Anita Marie. I mean, it was just always going to be that name, Elisa Marie. And they named their daughter Lisa
1: Marie. Him and Priscilla no. did. So only
0: one letter difference. I'm
1: sure Elvis insisted on that name.
0: Yes. And she said they always knew that if it was a girl, it was going to be Elisa Marie. And if it was a boy, it was going to be Elvis Aaron Presley Jr. So they had just, they had talked about kids names like yeah she for certain thought that they were going to get married and have children together which is just crazy really sad anyway like i said she was an actress and a singer she recorded for abc paramount throughout the 50s and 60s and also worked for the andy williams tv show and Mm -hmm. she's also an uncredited vocalist with williams on the hawaiian wedding wedding song which is a cool 15 hit So she also has written a book or was the subject of a book. I'm not entirely sure. She was involved in the writing of a book. Mm. It's called Once Upon a Time, Elvis and Anita.
1: Wow. Just talking about
0: their relationship and everything. So if you want to learn more about that, then there's that book you can read. So the next one is also one that you mentioned, Anne-Margaret Olsen. She was born in April 28th of 1941 and is a Swedish-American actress, singer, and dancer. She had a very, like, successful career, and I feel like if you actually look up a picture of her, you'll recognize her.
1: Mm, Okay, cool. But,
0: yeah, she was actually billed from the beginning of her career as the female version of Elvis Presley for, like, her salty, vibrant contralto voice.
1: It's mm-hmm. Like people
0: really thought that she was the embodiment of a lot of things that Elvis represented. She had a top 20 hit song in 1961 and a charting album in 1964 and then actually had a disco hit in 1979 and then has also released gospel and Christmas songs. Mm. Um, but she insisted that their affair was more than just a display of Hollywood lust. She described them as soulmates because they spent every waking moment together when they were filming Viva Las Vegas and they met up in secret once the shooting had finished as often as they could and <laughs> she wrote in her memoir that other commitments kept the pair of them from staying together
1: forever. Oh, his um, wife?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Commitment? <laughs> she later revealed in an interview that she desperately wanted to remain with her for that he desperately wanted to remain for her with her forever. At the time, Elvis was in a long-term relationship with Priscilla Presley, but while he was filming in Las Vegas, Priscilla was home in Graceland, doting on the star. But when she found out there was hell to pay, Priscilla herself wrote in her memoir, like I said, she launched into a violent rage, threw a vase across the room. Very fair, by the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Anne-Margaret remembered in her memoir, we continued to see each other periodically until we had dated for almost a year, and then everything halted. We knew that the relationship had to end, and Elvis had to fulfill his commitment. His but wife. that's not what Elvis wanted in the long run. Instead, he wanted to marry Anne-Margaret. Mm-hmm. Anne-Margaret revealed in 1994 that Elvis's wish was that we could stay together. Behind closed doors, Elvis and Anne-Margaret discussed marriage and the next step of their relationship, but it wasn't meant to be. Hmm. She said, we both felt the current and electricity that went straight through us. It would become a force that we couldn't control. The pair stayed in distant contact for a long time until the unimaginable happened. She had married after that, but she had a residency slot at Las Vegas. Mm. And every single morning of her show, Elva sent her a bouquet of flowers in the shape of a guitar to wish her luck. Wow. her entire residency every single day. And that actually ended up being the reason that she found out about his death because she went to perform and she didn't get a bouquet of flowers from Elvis and then got a panicked phone call from his road manager who told her that he had died oh so they like definitely
1: maintained something interesting yes
0: like they stayed very much so in touch like he sent her flowers I think it just kind of shows that like Elvis yeah had a lot of problems with the monogamy and like was kind of willing to tell women anything there's no way that he could be that he wanted to marry all of these women you know what I mean mm-hmm. or maybe he did but like you can't you Aaron can't. More than one, yeah. No. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Anyway, but that's why she was one of the only Hollywood friends to attend his funeral because she believed that they were mm-hmm. soulmates, you know, throughout their life. Yeah. And that they would have gotten married. She's been in a ton of movies. She was in State Fair. I've seen her in Bye Bye Birdie, oh, which is actually kind yeah. of funny because it's about a famous singer. So, yeah. And then she falls in love with him. So it's very fitting, actually. Uh, and that was made a year before she actually recorded with.
1: Elvis, Elvis. Las Vegas. Because uh, I feel like that character in By My Birdie, like the famous person was like inspired by Elvis. So. I think
0: it totally was. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Anyway, I love that musical.
1: Me so, too, actually.
0: Yeah. And it's a great movie. So that stars her. And then she also was in The Cincinnati Kid, Carnal Knowledge, The Train Robbers, Tommy, Magic, The Villain, The Return of the Soldier, Pick Pickup, Newsies, Grumpy mm-hmm. Old Men, Grumpy oh, okay. Old Men, Any Given Saturday, Taxi, The Breakup, and Going in Style. Very successful career. She's also won five Golden Globes Award, been nominated for two Academy Awards, two Grammy Awards, a Screen Actors Guild Award, six Emmys. Wow. And she actually ended up winning an Emmy, but for her guest appearance on Law of Order SVU. <laughs> Love it. Right? At least she got an <laughs> so Emmy. interesting. Um, and then in t- 2005, CBS actually did a miniseries that included the story of her affair with Elvis Presley during the filming of Viva Las Vegas. Where she was portrayed by the actress Rose McGowan,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then also provided the voice of a fictionalized version of herself in the Flintstones 1963 no way. episode. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I know. So super interesting. But I think if you want to learn more about their relationship, you wrote a lot about it in her memoir. Cool. So. The next one is Natalie Wood. This one's kind of interesting because she was not as charmed by Elvis as many of the others, which was Ah. kind of interesting to read about. She was very intrigued by him in the beginning. He was 21 and she was 18. And she asked for her co-star Dennis Hopper and Rebel Without a Cause, the movie she was starring in, to introduce them. Mm -hmm. So they would go to movies, but he would buy out the entire theater to Hmm. see a movie. I guess that's one way to not be interrupted if you're famous. Yeah, if you're famous. Yeah, absolutely. Just buy out the whole theater. And her sister even said that that's not what she was used to. So she was kind of charmed by like the extravagance. The extravagance. Yeah. Which I mean, like, it would be hard not to be, right? Like, absolutely. I would fall for that. Definitely. I know. Be like, wow, he bought the whole theater just to see a movie with me. Mm hmm. (laughs) She also really didn't like his mother, though. That was kind of one of the early reasons that caused some problems in their relationship. Yeah. Elvis was really starstruck by her. She was a former child star. She was in Miracle on 34th Street, actually. Ah, okay. And so he had seen that when he was a boy. He was only a couple years older than her. And so he was really charmed by how famous she had been at such a young age. And Uh so he invited her to come home to impress his parents But his mother didn't like her. Um, She said that Natalie wore a very flimsy nightgown around the house and Gladys was not happy with that. Oh. Which is interesting. And then she also found his relationship with his mother troubling, which me too. Because his mother would say like, come and sit on mama's lap. And they were like really affectionate with each other and like. He was a 21-year-old man, Yeah, you know? So she actually called and asked her mom to come and make up a story about why she had to go home. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So their brief romance ended. There was no regrets for either of them. Later, he ended up calling her Mad Nat. And she thinks it's because of how angry she got. She was just, like, really frustrated with a lot of the things. And (laughs) her sister actually said that there were people that she idolized. Elvis was not one of them. (laughs)
1: So funny. <laughs> yeah. So it was just really funny. She just,
0: she really, really hated his mother. She said, Gladys wrecked everything. I didn't have a chance. Get me out of this and fast. So, yeah. That's hilarious. And later she would go on to say, It was so awful. He can sing, but he can't do much else. Oh, she did. oh that's
1: so funny i know
0: which kind of just makes me love natalie wood also you may know natalie wood's name from the fact that she had a very mysterious death oh um, which yeah so she died suddenly off the of the coast of santa catalina island on 1981 she was only 43 so sad because it was a very similar age to when elvis died but hers was because of what was listed at the time as drowning and other undetermined factors. However, the case has been reopened. And in 2018, Robert Wagner was named a person of interest in the ongoing investigation into Woods' death.
1: Wow. It is believed
0: now that she was murdered. There's a lot of true crime stuff on it if you are into that thing. Interesting. I didn't, yeah, I did not know about that. Yes. So very tragic death for her.
1: Because I knew that, like, I mean, Natalie Wood was in West Side Story and Rebel had a cause. So I was like, I know who Natalie Wood is. That's that's crazy. Fun fact, Natalie Wood, she was in, you know, West Side Story. But uh, we've covered someone, Marnie Nixon, who was her ghost singer. Oh, yeah. These women are connecting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, cool. There you go. Another episode to go and check out. Mm -hmm. We've only got two more. So Linda Thompson... Um, born in 1950, she was an American songwriter, former actress, and also a beauty pageant winner. Mm. She began her acting career on the Hee Haw Honey American Television Variety Show. Cool. <laughs> and then also is most famous, of course, for her relationship with Elvis Presley before she ended up marrying the Olympic decathlon champion Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, um, no way and also, yeah and then also the music producer david foster so she had quite the trio of famous yeah. relationships there she was with elvis right after his split between priscilla and him okay so um he spent the next four and a half years after his divorce with linda oh okay She was named Miss Memphis State University and then was the third runner-up in the 1970 Miss Tennessee pageant, which is the preliminary to the Miss America pageant. Mm, Okay, cool. And then she went on to be Miss Tennessee Universe in 1972, which was known as Miss Tennessee USA. So she was invited to go... To the Memphian Theater, which he rented out after midnight to screen films because she was this, you know, Miss Tennessee universe. Yeah. So they invited her to go and that's where she met him. Miss Rhode Island was her roommate. And so they were both living in Memphis and they went to the theater and were introduced to him properly. She also has a book. Uh, actually, it's her best friend's book, I guess. Jeanne LeMay <laughs> Le Dume. It was her best friend. She was there for the first meeting of Elvis, and she wrote the book Elvis, Linda, and
1: Me. And that would later like on become profiting off of your... Yeah, right. Oh, but she later became Elvis's personal secretary. Okay, never yes. mind, never mind. All right. So she knew him really well, but
0: like, yeah. She yeah. wrote it about that time period for the most part so like most people i'm sure growing up in tennessee at that time she was a huge elvis fan she imagined that she would never get to meet him and yet she did and her friend is the one saying this and she really really cherished the moments that she had with him linda she said i always in my heart felt that it was fate destiny whatever you want to call it that first brought me and linda thompson together as roommates at a beauty pageant in puerto rico she was the one that was Miss Rhode Island. Mm. It was only six months after the divorce. So that's kind of Quick. a little iffy in my opinion, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> He wasn't the last one to do that. No, no, no. (laughs) He definitely wasn't the first. (laughs) Bonding over their shared beliefs in a higher power and their love for gospel music, Thompson moved in with Elvis at his Graceland home only months after knowing one another. They were loyal to each other for a considerable time. But in 1975, Ah. what, three years later, he started dating Mindy Miller on the side, which prompted Thomas to leave him. It was also during this time when Elvis stopped taking care of himself and had like that huge downward spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, Linda ended up saying that there were times when he was very, very difficult. There were a lot of heartaches and he exhibited a lot of self-destructive behavior, which was very difficult for me, you know, watching someone I loved so much destroy himself. She actually would go on to be like a really successful songwriter. She would write hits for major artists like Whitney Houston, Selene Dion, and Barbara Streisand. Wow. Yeah. Writing ballads like I Have Nothing and The Power of the Dream. But she was really offended with the recent biopic release of Elvis Presley because she felt completely erased from his
1: history. Yeah. Um, I don't think she was on it at all, right? No. And on, I mean, that was my issue with it. Like none of his adult life. It was so weird how they portrayed his adult life. And then they just kind of like yeah. skipped to him dying. And I was like, what? What, what happened here?
0: Because he did live for quite a time after. Yeah. You
1: know? Anyway. everything
0: yeah yeah but she just said after spending years on the road with Elvis, she was hurt by her absence from the film revealing that she'd literally saved his life on several occasions wow which i believe from absolutely things i've read about his downward spiral so she also took to instagram to address her omission posting pictures of her inside the graceland estate where she's still clearly very much welcomed and then the caption said Wednesday wisdom no one can ever take away your knowledge of the truth your memories are indelibly etched forever your significance and importance in the life of others wow about your accomplishments and know your place in the world no one can ever take that away from you carry the dignity of authenticity and wear it like a crown of honor your history and the grace in which you handle is your legacy
1: wow I love that yeah Mm
0: -hmm. so she's still on Instagram still Kikin, and you can read about her in her friend's memoir as well.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, The last one is actually the girlfriend who was with Elvis when he died. So she, unlike most of the others, I don't think she had like a huge career on her own. She was a beauty Mm -hmm. queen as well, like a former beauty queen. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: think she did a little bit of acting and modeling but she is known primarily for her relationship to Elvis. Okay. Yeah, so it's Ginger Alden. She was born on November 13th, 1956 in Tennessee as well. She's listed as the last person that Elvis Presley loved and she was the one who did find him dead on the bathroom floor. That's which, traumatizing, yeah. Exactly. However, <laughs> there was a lot of people who really hated her and I couldn't really find a reason why So that was kind of interesting. Um, It was just months after him and his girlfriend, Linda Thompson, had split, who we had just talked about, that they started dating. And I think maybe they just, like, loved Linda more. Yeah. I don't know. But Alden met Elvis when she was only five. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then I think it was just briefly because then later on she visited him in 1976 when she and her two sisters were invited to come to Graceland. She had just turned twenty, and Elvis was forty-one.
1: Mm, okay, yeah, that's pretty. So that's an age not gap.
0: a great age gap. Again, kind of a freaky one, in my opinion. I think once, well, you're especially at- knowing his history. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he was twenty-one years her senior, mm-hmm. but she admitted am- that she was immediately attracted to him, and Elvis teased Fair. her about the fact that she was staring so much. And that the feeling between them was mutual. Mm. He actually proposed to her. And he, she's the only the second woman he ever proposed to. Crazy reportedly. that Linda didn't
1: get a yeah proposal.
0: So it was her and Priscilla, which was kind of funny because the other actress did state that they were engaged, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. He only <laughs> proposed proposed to actually her and had a ring. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And he actually took the diamond from his 30,000 taking care of business stage ring wow and used that to propose to her it's like a very famous diamond that he proposed with Mm -hmm. they also set a wedding date for december 25th in 1977 and elvis had told ginger that he'd been searching for love so long never in my wildest dreams did i ever think i would find it in my own backyard Wow. She also has written an autobiography (laughs) called Elvis and Ginger. But she said she gave a lot of insight into like his reckless and violent behavior, especially towards the end of his life.
1: Mm -hmm. He
0: hit her once and then later apologized. Um, She also said that he fired a gun at a television set and threw a dish of ice cream he was devouring when she decided to talk about calories and being fat. I don't even think she was necessarily talking about him. And calories Mm. and being fat from what I could tell. But like she was just talking about it and he tossed a bowl of ice cream. Also, she was the one who found him, and she's very offended by a lot of the statements that have been me- been made about the idea of this musician who was so-, so out of control that he had, like, this huge, undignified death alone and on the toilet. hmm And she was like, that wasn't true. Like, just a few hours before his death, we were talking about, like, plans for the future. He was planning on getting back in shape. He wanted to go back on tour Like, Mm. he was making all these plans with her for, like, the wedding and their future together. And then he passed away right after. His inner circle was, like, notorious for not liking her. The Memphis Mafia is what they were called. Love it. Yeah. Uh, And it does say it was almost primarily because Linda Thompson had bonded really heavily with the whole crew. That makes sense. And she just didn't. So I think they were still loyal to Linda. Like maybe they thought that she was taking advantage
1: of elvis and like yeah like that.
0: and that's kind of what they said his uncle vester actually told the press after her presley's death that the family wasn't interested in her because she took advantage of elvis's name <sighs> and went as far to say that ginger eldon is now dead as far as the family <gasps> concerned we don't even recognize her as a human being oh my gosh Yeah, which is a little too harsh. Like, we don't
1: recognize her as a human being.
0: Yeah, which I mean, they were engaged, for heaven's sake. Well, and especially
1: it's like, well, what did she do? Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Uh. I couldn't find anything that really said she was like... Like, it's like, did she steal all this money from him? Did she like, you know, what did she do?
0: yeah nothing
1: from what as far as I could tell, I don't know. Aye, aye, aye. in the
0: years following his death, a lot of people who were close to Elvis painted a really unflattering portrait of her that went unchallenged and made its way into like numerous biographies. So it just like completely mm. ruined her name. And it actually a lot of people have now called her one of the most unfairly maligned and misunderstood people in the life of Elvis Presley. Wow a bookstore owner actually said it angered and hurt her greatly because she's been portrayed as something that she's not and she feels that it's really unfair that there's this bias by others in elvis's circle who never really got to know her elvis kept her sequestered and tried to protect her he warned her that there would be great jealousy from some of his people but unfortunately his passing was too soon and he was unable to fully instruct her on how to manage that Hmm. Yes, and Alden kind of waited to tell her side because she had a life after Elvis. She went on to have a modeling career and then was with her husband for 34 years until he passed away. And so a lot of her focus was just on being a mother and raising her son and not focusing on the relationship she had had with Elvis.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: then it said that it was only years later that she became aware of what a lot had been written about her, most of which was started by Elvis' bodyguard, Dick Mm -hmm. Grob. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was like really angered about what was said about her and her family, which I <laughs> think is very rightfully so. Yeah, you know, like learning that someone's been saying horrible things about you. And she even said like she didn't realize that she'd done anything wrong and would have to defend herself. So she wasn't like looking for anything. She didn't think that there was anything to be worried about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she is now like the sponsor and spokesperson for like a bunch of different things, like Claire's Hotel and Casino. Claire Clairol, Vidal Sassoon, Mabel and Avon, Virginia Slims, a bunch of other things, you know. And then, like I said, she's written her memoir called Elvis and Ginger as well. Dang. But yes, I mean, that doesn't even scratch the surface on Elvis' There's Elvis's so many women.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Because, yeah, he literally, like, uh, what is the opposite
1: of a monogamist? true also I realized we didn't even like touch on his daughter which is like another like incredibly important relationship in his life like there's so many women that were affected by Elvis and oh my goodness this is a long episode but I I figured (laughs) it would be yeah I just he couldn't be loyal to anybody like he just couldn't do it mm-hmm. but according to the movie it's because he loved the audience so much i no. i don't know what accent that was but <laughs> tom hanks's accent i know it's like a real accent and i don't mean to insult the people who have that accent, but i just did not like tom hanks in that movie at all
0: that's what i heard which is funny because weird. i
1: love tom hanks i did not I like him in that movie it the was... role was really weird for yeah him. It was, and I don't like that they made the manager the person telling the story. I mean, the manager yeah. sounds like he sucks, but I just feel like there was a more interesting perspective they could have taken. You know what? I want a um, movie on the perspective of the women on his life. Yeah,
0: literally any or all
1: of the women, like literally, and that, that's all of them. an amazing film. Probably, yes. Linda Thompson should sponsor produce that movie. I'd watch it. I agree. But yeah.
0: Also, I would just like highly, highly recommend reading this Daily News article. Yeah. I will for sure link – oh, Daily Mail article. It was just interesting. Like it talks a lot about like relationships he also had with his fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Like that he would have his manager and his agent like bring young fans in for him. And then they would like have a night together. But, like, he wouldn't have sex with them. He would just do everything else. Cause, like I said, it really sounds like he was very obsessed with virginity. Mm-hmm. And then he would just like slip $100 bills into their school books <laughs> and like send them out the door. Their school books. I was gonna say school way. books.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, so
0: it's just like a really interesting article to read about like just a lot of the other things that had happened that don't get covered as often because they're not pretty and they're not charming mm-hmm. and they would not make a beautiful biopic movie but you know what that's the truth
1: yeah <laughs> so. well sorry this is not an uplifting podcast episode but it is important to tell people's stories behind the icons especially when the icons mistreated them
0: like agreed
1: this. and I'm glad that you know these women did go on to have lives after Elvis, and thank goodness for that.
0: Yes, they did. Like all of them had extremely successful careers all on their own. Successful relationships, opportunity. Yeah, Mm -hmm. to look into a lot of the movies that they were in, the songs that they produced, the books that they've written. Like it's a great option to support a lot of these women and just remember that as the Elvis movie continues to gain popularity, (laughs) that there is more to the story than a Hollywood film can show you.
1: Absolutely. Which is usually the
0: case. Usually the case. Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you like the podcast, leave us a review, share it with your friends, share it with your Elvis fans. I dare you. Um, And let us know how that goes. And we'll be back next week with another episode we will thank you and good night <laughs> thank you and good night thank you thank you very much to quote isn't that elvis presley's thing? oh yeah
0: that is elvis thank, thank you. you
1: thank you Thank you very, very much. much should i do it in my elvis in person <laughs> just... oh yeah totally. i don't i don't have one never mind anyways <laughs> you just you talk time. really deep and mush all your words thank together you. Right? thank you thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye Bye. <laughs>